Hello, everybody, and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm Mike Hancock. Kyle Davis is here with us, as always, as well. We are going to dive into this past game, this past week's game against the Buffalo Bandits, one that uh, obviously was not a very pretty result for the Toronto Rock, and uh, maybe the better word for it, KD, is disappointing, given the situation that the Rock were in and that uh, the team could, you know, Put some distance, obviously, between themselves and uh, some opponents and, and clinch a playoff spot here with the way things turned out on Saturday night with uh, the results around the league. So uh, I guess just initially your thoughts on uh, on a 13-8 loss by the Rock to the Bandits. Yeah, disappointing. Uh, like you said, missed opportunity. I, I mean, I thought uh, you couldn't have scripted a better start. I had 4 nothing early. Uh, I thought... You know, Toronto was going to run away with it. It, it, it looked like that. Uh, they seemed to be coming out hot there. But uh, as the game went on and we've talked around, Buffalo kind of hangs around and, uh, you know, they chipped away. And Toronto's offense kind of went MIA there for a bit as well or for the second half. And, and even if you break it down further, you know, of the, the eight goals, I know Brody Merrill got two, Billy Hochstrauser got one. The offense wasn't really too engaged from from the start, really. Um couple that with you know New England going into Saskatchewan picking up a big win it kind of just stings a little bit more uh, in in terms of the standings Um, but reality is though we're still in a playoff spot here in Toronto and uh, you know two big games left here to uh, to end the season on a good note and you know you still control your destiny with regards to uh, you know playing in the postseason so that's always a good thing and Continuing on with Friday night's game, I mean, when you when you think the Rock were up six one and six three at the half, and you talk about the offense going away, it was just shy of thirty minutes that the team went without a goal. Um, you're just not going to win lacrosse games when you don't score, especially for that uh, stretch of time. And you know, eleven eight late, you know, a couple of empty netters, so it makes the score obviously look worse than it was a five goal gap I mean it wasn't it wasn't that uh, big of a difference obviously on the floor but um, you know how big would a goal have been at any time during that 30 minutes you know just to put some distance between themselves and Buffalo again in that game and I I got to thinking when the score got to 6-4 in the third quarter I thought man just the way you know the clock's ticking Toronto's not getting much on offense and I just started thinking man this next goal is gonna be massive and when Buffalo got it I thought okay here we go this is this is gonna be a tight one right down to the end and I obviously didn't expect Buffalo then to you know cash in the next five goals uh, in a row after it was 6-5 but um, you know Nick Rose uh, played well enough in, in net to give the Rock a chance to win and that's really all you can ask of your goaltender, and he's done that more often than not this year. Um, you know, there's not too many games really at all that he hasn't uh, done that in. But, uh, you know, when your offense can't get a goal for that amount of time, it's almost like if, you know, if it's raining at the other end of the floor and on the defensive side, if you can't get a stop, right? Like, you know, if every single time they're coming down on every possession, they're scoring maybe three or four or five times in a row – which didn't happen in this game, but it, you can kind of equate it to almost a similar thing at the offensive side. If you're going down the floor every single time and not scoring, you know, you're putting tremendous amount of pressure on the defense. And, and what was supposed to happen in that game on Friday night? Were the Rocks supposed to win that game 8-7? 
You know, it, no. it just wasn't a possibility, right? No, for sure. And like you said, I, I, that's what, what scares me. I guess would be a slightly I have a level of concern is this is the third game we've we're coming in here now. Um, opposing team has gone on a, a five, a six, a seven goal run, and we can't seem to to pot one. Like you said, to stop it. And how how important would or what would that have changed? You know what I mean. Looking back, if you, if we could have just found a way to get one stop, that momentum reset, get the, the offense feeling good about themselves again uh, for for a sequence at least, and to, it felt like there was a lot of offensively at least uh, some more shots taken with a fair amount of time left on the shot clock, coming out of the bench early, not getting uh, you know set up and you know running a full set, I guess you could say, or or really using the clock to its full advantage. Um, also, I, I thought another tough one was the uh, missed opportunity was a five-on-three power play for the Rock. I thought that was going to be a good chance to capitalize on one, you know, hopefully two power play goals there, and it turns around and one ends up in our net the other way. Uh, I think it was Anthony Malcolm goes through a couple defenders and uh, and finds the back of the net, and you know, that, that that stings and stuff like that all at, you know adds up stuff like that throughout a game and ultimately you know ended up in the final decision of the the thirteen eight loss. But I do agree we've seen some timely goal like where would like I'm, I'm saying this in a joking manner but I was banking on Reed Reinholdt for three down yeah. the, down the stretch <laughs> right absolutely like, it I was his time to shine, yeah it was right? like all right we're it's it's eleven eight here we're in the fourth quarter and Reed's gonna he's good for three yeah that's a that's a lock but uh, no. Uh, joking aside, obviously the, you know the timely goal just just wasn't there. And I th- there was a time when I thought like you know they get one here or they get one this next offensive. Th- there's still time left. I thought it would have really sparked something, but uh, unfortunately it didn't. And you know the result is a tough loss. And we will have uh, on the program today, Toronto Rock offensive coach Blaine Manning will be in studio with us to uh, chat a little bit more since the offense is what. Uh, it's definitely on the hot seat here this week. We'll uh, we'll put the uh, O coach uh, through the paces here uh, shortly here on the program. But uh, we do also want to focus on some of the positives here. And, you know, what's left on the table here, I think, is a huge positive in the fact that there's two games left in this season and in the regular season. And should Toronto win this weekend and New England lose, um, you know, the Rock, we're suddenly talking about hosting a home playoff game here and playing in a massive game on April the 29th in Buffalo that could give the Rock home floor advantage regardless, you know, in the first round, regardless of what New England does on the last weekend because then Toronto would, in fact, be able to finish a full game ahead of New England, which they have to do in order to get home floor in the first round since New England has the tiebreaker. The two teams are currently tied. So it's not... uh, it's not out of the realm of possibility that next week on the show we could be sitting here feeling everybody could be feeling a whole lot better about themselves if things go in the Rock's direction this weekend, um, not only with what they can control, but also what they can't control. And, you know, there is a scenario that exists here still that should Toronto lose on Saturday night to Saskatchewan, if both Buffalo and Rochester lose this weekend, which again could happen, you don't want to backdoor your way into the playoffs here, but Toronto could still, you know, come in there and uh, and and clinch a spot, even if they're not successful this weekend. And, and you know, if they're not successful this weekend, they could win next Friday. New England loses again. If they lose their last two, the Rock can go one and one here down the stretch and still host in the first round. So 
while this past Friday's game was disappointing, it didn't close the door on anything. And that's probably, you know, really just, uh, you know, the kind of the theme of the whole league here is that everything is so close. It's week to week. It's one goal games. It's, you know, highs and lows that are unbelievable. You know, um, you sit there and you look back to the start of this month where the team was going into a very busy weekend and they were sitting at eight and five with, you know, thoughts of first place in the division and, uh, you know, possibly even first overall even at that point really when you think about it what was still left on uh, the rock schedule head-to-head with still another meeting with Saskatchewan and the fact they've dropped some games now so um, it this league week to week it's unbelievable yeah it's crazy uh, like you said how dramatic the swings can be from from you know in seven days essentially it's not like uh, a hockey or basketball schedule where you know you're out there on you play Saturday, you're out there again Monday or Tuesday. It's I, I equate the schedule, you know, more to football, and you see how dramatic that, you know, plays out yeah. in terms of you know how how big one loss is here, but how, and the fan base how they you know how they react to a loss, and and then how opposite it is seven days later when you know the rocker that f- said football team goes out and has a big win. Um, like you said, I, I couldn't agree more. Still in a great spot, and at the start of the year, like we're we're talking playoffs here, which is positive we're talking home f- potential home floor playoff game which is great I mean as a fan of a team I don't know what else you'd really want essentially especially after last year um, obviously every one wants to win a championship every year and, and that is the goal but it is a process and you do have to play the season and I think part of what makes sports so great is the highs and lows as much as yeah as much as you know the lows aren't always great or, yeah. or fun but um, it makes that next week so much better when you go out and you do pick up a big win you know like potentially set ourselves up for this weekend versus Saskatchewan and here's another thing I mean if this team you know coming off a 5-13 and season last year if I would have told you at the start of this season that this team will be 8-8 eight and eight with two weeks to go with all the roster change <clears throat> excuse me all the roster changes a new head coach your top player in Rob Hellier being out for the season six rookies in the lineup two guys that had never played indoor before being big parts of this, you know, would you have signed off on that and, and taken that as eight and eight with two weeks to go and, and a chance to host a home playoff game? Would you have said, yep, I'll sign off on that. I'll take that. I'll, I'll be honest. I probably would have interrupted you halfway through this and, and <laughs> yeah. said, Where, like, where's the pen? Yeah. Because uh, to me, that's a great scenario. And yeah. I mean, Essentially, you want to give yourself a chance, an opportunity. You just got to get into the dance, right? Uh, especially, you know, don't want to look too too far ahead here, but it's a one-game playoff in round one. Anything could happen. The league's so tight. The standings show that. The, the, the scores show that. I mean, you, you get in there. You're giving yourself an opportunity. You're one of six teams that are going to ultimately, you know, get yeah. to where they wanted to get. That's a... There's a pretty good chance there that you know you're you're setting yourself up great. So as like you said, as much as uh, you know this was a disappointing loss, and, and it was. Don't get me wrong. There's still a lot of great things happening around this team. A lot of great things to look forward to potentially here. And I I wouldn't want to let you know the one the one loss here deteriorate people's mindsets and uh, impact them negatively about what can happen still here. Yeah, and I want to go back even to I believe it was 2012 and. Uh... Somebody out there listening can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but uh, I believe Rochester got in to the playoffs on the last weekend of the season 
with a sub 500 record and went on to win their first of three championships that year. So, like you say, get in the dance, especially in this league with being as tight as it is, and you really don't know what's going to happen, you know. And I think, again, that should be another thing that is exciting the Rock fan base, you know, that, uh, you know, what could be ahead here over the next, you know, six, eight weeks, depending on how, how long the playoffs go for. Um, but, you know, I, I just think there's uh, so much to be positive about right now and just the fact that, you know, there's there's guys having seasons that are also going to be eligible for postseason awards, I think, some real serious consideration. I mean, you look at Nick Rose leading the league still in goals against average, third in save percentage. I think it's pretty much a two-horse race between himself and Dylan Ward for who the goaltender of the year is going to be. Um, you know, Ward sits second in goals against and I believe first in save percentage. So, I mean, you can toss a coin there maybe at this point as to who your choice is going to be for goalie of the year. Um, you know, maybe Nick has the edge on him because he's, you know, set an NL record here with scoring two goals, you know, most for a goal. If you're looking for the smallest of things to kind of separate uh, the two, I mean, maybe it'll come down to wins, which Dylan Ward could end up ahead of uh, Rosie, obviously. But, um Lots of things to factor in here. You look at Tom Schreiber, probably a lock to win Rookie of the Year. And another thing we can talk about, if Tom Schreiber wasn't having the year he was having, where would you put Latrell Harris in the Rookie of the Year conversation? For sure. I think he'd be uh, be right there. Uh, I mean, he's been, a, he's been a beast, and we've heard you know the praise from you know, Matty, uh, Bruce Codd on here. I think Brody Merrill's talked about him, like – he has stuck out for it and to be 18 it's crazy like i've said it before i would i would not want to be in the junior a circuit and have this guy no. coming back <laughs> and you know to play summer no. ball because he he's going to tear you up essentially after playing with men i would have him right at the top of the ballot well even to think even with schreiber where he is probably the clear cut number one i don't think there's too much debate but is latrell harris maybe the runner-up right now for rookie of the year i mean if you think Kyle Jackson's probably in the conversation. He's top 30, I think, in the league in scoring right now. So, But, you know, is, is a guy who's only just turned 19 years old during the season, is he maybe a guy that's – maybe is Latrell Harris – is this really Latrell versus Schreiber for Rookie of the Year? I mean, it very well could be. You, you mentioned Jackson, and I hope it's not, you know, how, how – I don't know who votes on that or who puts the panel together. I – don't have a clue to be honest with you but you hope people do that are uh, I guess involved in that have watched Latrell and not looking at the stat lines obviously you know the stats are the sexy the goals the assists that's the sexy thing to look at and if you're not as well informed about someone you know and how what they're all about you just kind of I know you you set back on that and and I hope that's not the case because I mean I've watched this basically every game if not every game this year from from start to finish and uh Latrell has definitely you know pr- played and proven that he deserves to be uh to be in the mix for that yeah and I think even further to the hardware conversation that we've had already on, on this program but um you know the coach and the GM factor I think if if and when we'll say the Rock get into the playoffs um and especially if the team ends up finishing at 10 and 8 you know, Matt Sawyer is is definitely a finalist for Coach of the Year, if not the favorite. You know, I think obviously Eddie Como in Georgia is probably the other guy that factors into this. And, you know, something also has to be said for, you know, e- even though you've got a, a championship team and a group of superstars in Saskatchewan, 
Derek Keenan's got to be in the mix there too. There, there has to be something said for a coach who, who can coach a team that far and that deep and that consistently over a number of years. It's, it's not an easy job. And then when you go to the GM side of things, I don't think there's any other team that uh, made the changes that the Toronto Rock did and have run with young guys and the free agent signings and the success that the Rock also had at the draft table. You know, I, I, I don't see, you know, and this is all going to sound like we're, we're pumping all of our colleagues' tires here, of course, but, you know, make an argument against it. You know, I, I'd really love to engage and, and say, you know, well, where's, where's the guy who's done more? Where's the, where's the coach who's, you know, had a better season? Like, I, I just don't think there is anybody out there, to be honest. No, I, I agree. And, and I don't think we're saying here everyone's a lock to, to, win, to win these. No, uh, I mean, I outside don't think of Schreiber. Yes, I could. That's the one I'm taking to the bank. Uh, yeah, for sure. Money down. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, to, uh, on the ballot, yeah, for sure. I think, the you know, they have to be. And five and eight, we were, you know, down the stretch there. We had to win a couple of games down the stretch last year to even become, or sorry, the five wins we had last yeah. year. Um, turn it around. Like I said, we're talking about a home playoff game here, potentially having a home playoff game. Even the fact we're talking about playoffs I, what drafts in september i believe yep toronto rock are going up their second on the podium yeah <laughs> right and yeah to, obviously you pick a great guy in challenge you hit on latrell um you know magnuson you had a great draft like that's uh you know management did a great job there and uh it has proven on the floor and another thing to be positive about we're in this position being as young as we are and you know quote unquote as inexperienced overall as we are and guys are still learning their way What's the future look like when this is just second nature to some of these guys? Absolutely, yeah. right. Like our eight and eight, maybe you know you turn to or eight and eight now. Or sorry, eight and eight now. Maybe you're you know you do close a couple of those one goal games. We're sitting what ten and five or you know eleven and five, whatever that is. Um, and hey, let's not forget about welcoming one of the best young players in the league and Rob Hellier back next year. I mean, it's. Uh, not quite the embarrassment of riches that uh, we'll say Saskatchewan enjoyed. I think when the when the the early part of of growing that young team, but you know this could get close to that. It could. It really could. And and I think that uh, maybe some people out there will think we're not saying things like that right now. But um, you know I, I think the proof will be in the pudding here over the next couple of years, just to see how much better this team does get. And and. Maybe in some respects, maybe the success has come really earlier than I think anybody maybe anticipated. It's accelerated, you're saying. Yeah. And, it, like, obviously we still got a lot to work on. I mean, a lot to, to finish up this year. But there's not – I'm looking at the teams next year and tell me which one's plugging in a early 20, you know, 100-point guy. Yeah. I, I mean, I know Rochester's missing Jameson, and that's a big loss for them. But older – you know, obviously he's coming off knee injury as well, but Robbie Heller is going to be huge next year. And yeah. if he can come into this core, mesh well with, uh, you know, some of the younger guys on offense and even just the defensive guys in the room just to build that, uh, you know, the chemistry up, it's going to be a, a great boost. And I, like I said, the the negativity or if there is negativity around this team, I, I don't agree with it at all because it's been uh, from training camp day one to where we are now, it's been, uh, like we said, it's been a ride, but uh I don't know how you can't say it's been a positive one. Overall, yeah. big picture. Absolutely. I mean, ride, ride the highs and the lows, like you said, and uh, you know, and enjoy this right now because I think sometimes there's frustrations with the growing pains, but it's also something that I think, 
you know, in, in a year or two when this team, you know, we want to be realistic here. In a year or two when this team is back into the championship picture, and not to say that, you know, if things line up right this year, they might not go deep in the playoffs. But I think, you know, in a, in a gradual rebuilding process when you're talking, you know, in a year or two, hopefully when this team is going into the season as a, you know, championship contender, um, you know, you're going to look back on these times as being something you enjoy, you know, and something that you look back fondly and that you learned also as a fan as to, you know, what it takes to win. And, you know, uh, for some people out there know that I am a, pretty big Pittsburgh Penguins fan and I can look back at the 05 you know 06 seasons as some of my favorite seasons in recent memory as a Penguins fan and you know in uh 05 06 the team finished right at the bottom of the standings you know and drafted early again 06 07 they got to the playoffs the first round but you know that those that growing pain the growing pains the process you know watching that watching those guys get better and figure out who are going to be the guys that are going to be around when this team wins down the road and you've got you know a, a building block and Rob Hellier here that's 25 years old and you know is going to be you know again like we say a superstar in this league probably for another seven to seven to ten years right putting up 100 points probably almost every year so so much uh so much you know, to look at on the positive side of things here that uh, should have rock fans very excited. And, you know, Saturday night is going to be a reason to dial in. I mean, this is a real test here against the defending champions coming up. And it's a team that, you know, we hate to tell everybody this, but that rock beat Saskatchewan rather convincingly in Toronto when this team was even more experienced really than what they are right now. Yeah, for sure. There's no doubt. Uh, I mean, I think it's going to be a great game. You got anytime you're playing the, you know, the back-to-back defending champs. I would expect Toronto to be, to be fired up and at their best. I know, I, you know, just as even as a fan or employee, it's, it's a game you got circled on the calendar. Especially, you know, what they're doing out there. You know, it's going to be a packed barn, hostile event. They uh, and they're not invincible by any means. Like you said, Toronto, Toronto knocked them off at home rather convincingly. They just dropped one in New England. Uh, in their own barn, I think it's going to be a great game with uh, with implications on the line. I'm sure we're going to dive into to it more down the road here in the in the episode, but uh, definitely definitely going to be uh, one to circle and look forward to here on Saturday. And one last thing I want to bring up before we take a short break and welcome in Blaine Manning. Uh, we know we've gone very long here in our first segment, but we think it's been good stuff. So uh, an eight and eight record right now for the Rock. You think four one goal losses, one one goal win in terms of the uh, the overtime win. So really in games where it's almost been like not a clear cut that there was one team was better or worse, you think the Rock are 7-4 and four in those games. And, you know, there's five coin flip games that they've been involved in this year. And, you know, if, you know, you don't want to say, oh, well, if all five went their way, yeah, great. Well, that's awesome. We're 12-4 and four right now. That's probably a bit of a stretch. And, but... You know, say they won three of three out of those five instead of one out of those five, and we're sitting here with ten wins already. And and we've kind of talked about this a lot in the office about, you know, had the Rock won that game earlier in the season against New England, how much of a difference that that would be making right now, you know? And just this team is that close, I guess is what I'm trying to say to to being right near the top of the league. And I think they've shown at times that they deserve to be there, and at other times they've shown 
they're young and they're still growing and that there should probably be some patience here and you know everything is not going to turn around in in one year and uh it's a it's a fun time to be a toronto rock fan yeah no doubt and you know the one where we uh, we, we've talked about it on the other episodes but we're you know it's steph leblanc toe away away. like that's that's just the kind of balance that happens in the cross and uh you know the other the the georgia game in toronto where if buddy on the clock hit that you know the start button a second early <laughs> we're we're, exactly. wa- we're walking away with a win like that's yeah. just that's how tight it's been and it's been yeah. it's been fun to watch and exciting to be a part of and uh i mean i i totally agree with you that it's it's right there it feels like it's you know so many times it's been on the cusp of of blowing the doors off uh in terms of like a win-loss record but uh the reality is we are here at at 500 and it's it's not even a bad spot to be in as we've mentioned and you know numerous times on this opening segment here yeah okay well we will uh we've said a lot so uh we will take a break and we will uh, welcome in our first guest of the of the show here on toronto rock total access it'll be toronto rock assistant coach the man in charge of the offense blaine manning and don't forget he's also a toronto rock legend here so we'll maybe talk a little bit about uh his past as a Toronto Rock and uh, some of his successes and what he remembers about uh, winning championships and whatnot with this team. So stay with us. We'll be back with Blaine Manning in just a moment here on Toronto Rock Total Access. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm Mike Hancock along with Kyle Davis. We now welcome into studio with us here Toronto Rock assistant coach Blaine Manning. How are you doing, Blaine? Good, thanks, Mike. It's good to finally have you in here on the show. Yeah, instead of all the uh, phone interviews, so <laughs> you've Just avoided good to be us in all your season. presence. Good oh, to be in your presence. A special day. All right, so uh, Friday night, a thirteen-eight loss to the Buffalo Bandits, and uh, obviously a lot of people asking questions about the offense. That seems to be the uh, the hot topic, really. Um, you're the guy at the front door running the offense and uh, obviously as a part of the coaching staff. But what, uh, you know, what were the things that you thought particularly plagued the offense on Friday night? Um, well, I think there are a few things, but um, mainly I, th- I think we just weren't getting the ball movement that we expected to get or talked about getting. Um, a lot of the stuff was just kind of down one side and, weren't uh, weren't getting the ball east west is what we call it so uh from the righties to the lefties or vice versa enough because um, that just gets the defense moving a little bit so we didn't do a very good job of that and then um you know the opportunities that we did have because we did have some good looks we just didn't capitalize and um whether it's their goaltending or our shot selection but uh at the end of the day we're you know you're still getting chances but you, but you gotta capitalize so how do you fix that going forward well, I don't think there's a magic uh, tonic or potion that uh, that's going to fix it, but we're going to start tonight um, back at practice here and talk about uh, some of the things that we need to be better at and going out and working hard and, and uh, just trying to get better. Now, you've had the opportunity this year to coach uh, some guys that you probably hadn't seen uh, play a whole lot of at all in some respects, and mostly in the fact because they hadn't played box lacrosse uh, in Tom Schreiber and Kieran McArdle, but uh, what do you? Uh, how have you seen their games evolve? I guess really from from day one in training camp and and those sessions that uh, you were involved with, almost one on one type stuff when they first kind of got off the plane here at the end of November to where those guys are now. Yeah, I mean they've both done done a very 
a really good job. I mean, I don't think people understand how difficult it is to uh, to pick up the nuances of the uh, the box lacrosse game. It you know it's a very technical technical game. There's a lot of little things that go into playing at this level, and uh, you know both guys still have lots to learn, but uh, they've they've certainly closed a gap and. And the information they've been able to absorb and you know display when we're when we're playing games has been has been pretty good. Uh, well, it's actually been remarkable. Again, having said that, you know uh, there's room for everybody to get better, and including those two. But uh, you, you just the way they play, you wouldn't think that this is their first uh, first ever season of box across. They're you know essentially played a season in 16 games where uh, a lot of the guys in this league have been playing for uh, you know 20 25 years type thing. So. Uh, they, they, they're doing a real good job. Now you yourself played collegiate lacrosse. Um, has this opened your eyes to maybe give more Americans a shot? You know, I've, I've, I mean, for me personally, like whenever we've played against Americans, the, the guys that want to play, like, and, and and work at it and, and get better, they're you know they're great lacrosse players, um, and uh, it's just finding the guys that are willing to put in the work and wanting to do it. Uh, to make the adjustment, but I, I think if in order for the league to grow, uh, we need players like those guys, and we need more of them. So, hopefully, there's some you know some field guys that are graduating university this year that have been keeping an eye on those guys and seeing that uh, you know if you want to do it, and you make the commitment that it's uh, that they're capable of doing it. Because uh, I think down the road, if there's some expansion in the U.S. cities, we're we're going to need those types of players, and uh, and they're exciting to watch. I think the fans really like it, just their athleticism and and uh, the way they shoot the ball and and stuff like that. So um, hopefully, we'll see more of them. Now, Blaine, your uh, you know your resume speaks for itself. Uh, you know what you've done with the Toronto Rock as a player here, and uh, I just wanted to get your insights and thoughts as to you know, what it means to be behind the bench, you know, coaching the team that you had so much success with as a player. And, uh, you know, you know, is it still bring back the great memories to step back on that bench, although be it in a different role? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, we were I was talking about it with my wife the other day. I think it's been 16 or 17 years now straight of uh, being associated with the Rock, obviously the first uh, 12 or 13 and as a player. But, yeah, I mean, it's – and I just love the game. I mean, the, the Rock, that speaks for itself. But, you know, being able to – stay involved at the at the highest level and watch the best players in the world uh play and coach them and and be a part of the experience at the ACC it's uh it's still it's still uh, very exciting for me and I and I really enjoy it and now like you know I've been through a lot uh for instance this past this past Friday's game when the offense isn't seem to be you know clicking as much or Buffalo's going on a run as a coach are you drawn back to to your individual experiences and kind of what you were taught or what you had to go through and try and uh, I guess relay that message to the players to help get them through that or how if you just take it through that process yeah I mean it's good because uh, obviously I I know in in some cases what they're going through because I've gone through it as a player um, having said that it's you know now I'm now I'm the coach so um, I understand when you know when guys are taking shots on net and they're not falling or they're missing their net and the, the sticks off a little bit they just don't seem to have it um, I can I can relate to it. Um, having said that, as a coach, you, you don't want it to be necessarily acceptable because we're striving, you know, to to score goals and, and win the game. So um, I, I think I I understand it. You know, I understand what they're going through. Um, whereas maybe if it's someone that hasn't played uh, in quite a bit, you know, in a long time or 
or maybe at this level recently it might be a little bit different but um it's also frustrating too because um you know how hard the guys are working and uh and sometimes uh the luck um isn't isn't really there for for you know what the guys are doing but uh, that's what also makes the game you know special where you know there's you know games where Rosie can come in and stand on his head and steal a game for for us or, or another goalie can do that that's that's part of the game and what kind of makes it special too so um but uh yeah i mean i i hope that i relate well to the players kind of being being uh just fresh off playing now speaking of recent experiences the toronto rock of course already do have a win over the saskatchewan rush this year back in the home opener um do you draw on those experiences much? Uh, speaking of drawing on experiences, but uh, or is it uh, is that result completely out the window at this point? Well, it seems like that's uh, many many moons ago. It's a long time ago that we since played them, but uh, so you're going to give us confidence. We've uh, in the past uh, with the t- type of team we've had here, we've had trouble handling their defensive pressure, and uh, with having all the new young athletic guys in the lineup, uh, the first game of the season, we really noticed a difference. So excited to see that and see how they can handle that because they are the two-time defending champs and, in my opinion, the best uh, one of the best defenses in the league. So, um, I you know I'm excited and the guys know that they've they've had a good experience and they've and they've been able to handle it. So um, now there's a lot more on the line, right? So we're not you know this isn't game two or three of the season where uh, no one really knows what's going on. We're down to the short strokes here and we need to win we need to win a lacrosse game. So. Um, I'm anxious and excited to see how uh, how we respond after our uh, our game last uh, Friday. And when you talk about that response, you know, with three consecutive losses here this month, uh, what is the overall vibe like right now? Uh, well, we'll find out tonight. Uh, you know, you don't. Uh, we haven't really seen the guys since since Friday, um, so we'll get a we'll get a little bit of a read in in the dressing room. But for the most part, all year long, the guys have. Uh, I know just because there's so much youth and inexperience, but they uh, seem always kind of upbeat and and almost non not nonchalant's not the right word, but like uh, somewhat optimistic every time they get to the rink. So every year is different and every team's different. Uh, but in the past, when we've you know been hitting rough patches, um, guys have worn it I think a little bit uh, differently or um, overtly. Um, so I haven't really seen it from these guys. Um, so I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, to be honest with you. But uh, we'll uh, we'll see tonight. We'll get a vibe, and uh, and then obviously we'll we'll travel out on the on the Friday, and and by then uh, after a hard practice tonight, most everyone's in good spirits and excited to uh, to have another chance to to play and get a win. Now, team wise and uh, specifically offensively, there's been a lot of you know great stories. Whether Hammer referenced the Americans, you know, up front specifically. Uh, you know, Caputo, McDonald coming in, doing a good job. Hickey, LeBlanc doing their thing. Uh, one guy that we've kind of take note of here is uh, is Reed Reinhold. Um, from where he started in training camp and to where he is now, it seems like seems like all this guy does is score massive goals in the fourth quarter or, or overtime. Um, can you just touch on you know his progress throughout the year and what he's kind of you know meant to the team. Yeah, I mean he's he, he has been uh, he's been great for us down the stretch. Um, yeah, it's funny we were talking about it. Uh, especially late in games he's you know he's he's in shape and he's producing late and uh, hopefully he can he can you know start at the start uh saturday night and get going early but you know he's a guy uh, i remember maddie and i talking essentially the first five to ten minutes in, in the camp uh first time that we saw him live and uh just he really stood out he's just a big kid he's fast he's athletic he's got good hands um <clears throat> so we were excited to to see him really compete and, and he ended up getting hurt 
and uh, so the first, you know, f- preseason, the first four or five weeks of the season, we didn't really get a chance to see him go uh, full go because uh, there was a nagging lower body injury. So we were not frustrated, but we, we thought we were onto something. But uh, at the same time, we didn't really have a chance to, to get a good look at him until he got healthy. And he's, uh, I'll tell him one thing, one thing he's done is he's done a really good job of, you know, making the best of his opportunities. So uh, we ran into some some injuries and he got a chance to play and he's uh, been able to keep himself in the lineup and he's uh, coming down the stretch. He's, he's been one of the more uh, important guys uh, getting us going and producing down the stretch. So it's, uh, it's good to see and it's good work on his behalf. And when we talk about young guys uh, as well, I mean, you look on the defensive side of things with Latrell Harris, Jordan Magnuson, Challen Rogers. Uh, how much of a breath of fresh air has that been to to inject three good, solid young defenders into this lineup? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been great. I think, our, in my opinion, I think our defense is overrated this year. They've done a very, very good job, and starts with uh, you know Brucey coming in and giving those guys. Uh, some structure and uh, the young guys uh, you know we just rely on them so much just because they're a big big part of it now and uh, we weren't really sure what to expect coming in obviously we're you know we want guys to compete and thought there might be some some growing pains with uh, how young we were going to be but they've they've done a good job and they've done a real good job and you know and Rosie's been good there so like in my opinion I mean our defense has been real solid and those guys have certainly obviously been a big part of it um and uh, so hopefully we can, you know, we can ramp that up a little bit here down the stretch and get those guys going again. And our offense uh, needs to be better and uh, make a run here. All right, Blaine. Well, thanks a lot for joining us. And uh, before we let you go, how far will your Edmonton Oilers go in the playoffs? They are going to go to the Western Conference Final, maybe the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Have you scaled back your prediction in recent weeks? <laughs> Well, I've actually. I feel ran- like we've had a couple of offline conversations that perhaps at times have escalated, but I feel like you were talking a little bit a bigger game at that point. Well, I yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I I do All think right, they fair. they have a, a a lot better team than people think. Yeah, they're very good defensively. They win a lot of two in hockey games, which uh, you've obviously seen here in the start of the playoffs, winning uh, one nothing games and two one games. So I uh, I think they're going to dust the Sharks here, and uh, who knows? We'll see. We'll, we'll go from there. And it has to be a good sign. I mean, if Chicago bows out here, it kind of opens up the West just a little bit, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't. I mean, you're down to if they get through this series, they're down to four. You got to win another series, and before you know it, who knows what happens? Connor McDavid hasn't even really been getting going yet, so he oh got lots, lots of good <laughs> stuff ahead, Mister Drysaddle as well. So, all right, well, hey, let's go, Pens. All right, uh, Blaine, thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, maybe we'll do this again sometime soon. Uh, best of luck this weekend. Awesome. Thanks, guys. All right, that was Blaine Manning, the assistant coach of the Toronto Rock. We'll take a short break here on Toronto Rock Total Access and be back to wrap things up in a moment. Like the legend of the Phoenix ends with beginnings Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm Mike Hancock. Kyle Davis will be uh, with us here to bring things home. Just have Blaine Manning in the studio and uh, great chat with him. Great uh, always to catch up with Blainer. So we're going to uh, try to keep this last segment a little bit short since we did run a little bit long uh, earlier on in the podcast. So we are going to jump right into are you buying or are you selling, KD? And we're going to start off with... uh, 
Number one on the list, the Vancouver Stealth rebound after a 5-13 season and make the playoffs in 2017. Are you buying or selling? I can't believe it for, that I'm going to say this for after the start of the year. Some of the comments that, or some of the takes were being uh, you know, said towards Vancouver, so i got to eat my words on this. But I am buying the Vancouver Stealth to, to make the playoffs for the reasons being that, uh, you know, First of all, the battle in Calgary there. So uh, looking at the, their seri- season series, they took Calgary 3-1 to one this year. Uh, they have two remaining games left. Calgary has one. So Calgary's game is against Saskatchewan, first place Western team Saskatchewan. I just like, uh, you know, what... Uh, due to those reasons, I like the fact that Vancouver is going to find themselves in the, the third playoff spot in the West there over Calgary. So I had a feeling you would say that. Is that right? So number two on the buying or selling list here, the Colorado Mammoth win the West as they do not have to play the Calgary Roughnecks in the playoffs this year. Win the West. Win the West. I am going to be selling that one. Um, I, I do think Colorado not playing Calgary is going to be a bonus <laughs> for them, just from the track record. But, uh, if, I mean, if I had to lay out the whole scenario, I would see Colorado beating Vancouver, Saskatchewan beating Colorado, Saskatchewan to go back to represent the West in the uh, in the finals. So, uh, if, you know, if I'm going with that scenario... I do think Colorado makes it out of the first round, but falters in the next. I'm going to be selling Colorado coming out of the West. Or, in the words of Jen Hedger, (laughs) sealed. All right. That's great. So, uh, and finally, (laughs) yeah, we'll explain that Uh, one after. Anyway, then finally, The Rock will host a home playoff game. And this could be either division semifinal, division final, or obviously championship final. But The Rock will host a home playoff game. I'm going to get my wallet back out again and buy. Uh, <laughs> going to buy that. Um, I mean, obviously a couple different scenarios. Georgia could, you know, lose both games. Or sorry, not Georgia. New England could lose both games. Toronto picks up a win. Toronto picks up. You know, two wins, New England splits. Regardless how how it happens, even if uh, you know New England does grab a win and we end up having to go down there in and play the game one there, um, I do see us winning that and uh, and coming back. And uh, I'm gonna buy that we will be hosting a playoff game at some sort. Just uh, I mean, can't confirm what what round that will be. So I'm gonna buy the Toronto Rock hosting a 2017 playoff game. All right, there you have it. All three uh, knocked off there in our uh, buying or selling segment. And the reason why we were giggling like school children there was, uh, what was it, December? Early December, I think. We made a drive yeah. out to Peterborough for a fundraising event. A few folks from the uh, Rock staff, we went out. Um, it was uh, it was actually an awesome evening. It was a great event put on by Michael Landsberg and uh, Sick Not Week campaign and... Uh, raising awareness uh, around mental health and uh, raising some funds out there. But as a part of the silent auction, Jennifer Hedger was, <laughs> she was she was the auctioneer, I guess, for yeah. pretty well most of it. And at one point she dropped 
she said like she just said sold was the way it probably should have came out but she had this big arm swing and gave a big sealed oh, and it was just it was good we've 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 actually kind of yeah, forgot about that. Forgot it's kind it. of been dropped out of the regular routine around here. Caught me off guard when you threw it at me there, but uh, the second second I saw the arm swing, I, I knew exactly where we were going, and I loved it. <laughs> All right, so uh, back on the rails here. Big game coming up on Saturday, uh, the Toronto Rock against Saskatchewan Rush. Uh, just to update everybody on our weekly picks, we were both 8-8 eight and eight this year on uh, picking the Rock, uh, winning or losing, oddly enough. We have picked them to win every week. Will that trend continue, Mr. Davis? Yes, it will for me. Um, I'm Toronto. I think's gonna have a good practice here tonight. Uh, this is it's a big game for Toronto here. I, I, I know Sask is sitting a, maybe a little more prettier standings wise, and I'm not saying they're gonna be a little complacent or or whatnot. But you know, you got a team that's really going out desperate for a win and. Uh, from from past experiences and just watching sports that you know that that can help and prevail in a, in a big big game situation like this is Saturday I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Rock do come back and like we've talked we're playing we're talking playoffs here we're play, talking home home floor um, I just banked on a home floor game so I have to kind of <laughs> you know sticking with that that theme here I do think the Toronto Rock comes out with the win I don't think it's going to be easy they they are still the back-to-back defending champs. I think it's going to be a grind of a game. They have a great team, great goaltender from, you know, head to toe in that, that roster. Uh, I'm going to go Toronto, just on the score side of things here. Toronto 13, Saskatchewan 11. I believe that is the identical score from the home opener. Is, is it? I didn't. No, even, I, I, I knew it was, it was flo- floating around there or something, but... I am going to go, I am as well going to pick the Rock to win, but I am going to predict that it will be in a thrilling overtime fashion wow. by a score of 14-13 in favor of the Toronto Rock. And, give and the game-winning goal scored by number 97. <laughs> Reed Reinhold. Reed Reinhold will get the game winner. That's my prediction. So it's the lock of the I've century. gone deep. Well, maybe not. Well, yeah. Yeah, because he didn't do it last week, right? So he's, he's got to be back on this week. So that would mean that the Toronto Rock would clinch a playoff spot, and that would mean that next week on the show we'll be talking about the playoffs, which will be uh, fun to do. So we have to thank uh, Blaine Manning for jumping in the studio with us as I point to his empty chair here that you couldn't see. And also on the ticket front, of course, right now, we don't know just yet if or when the Toronto Rock will host a playoff game. So there are no playoff tickets on sale just yet, obviously. Got to get there first. But uh, season tickets, season passes, renewals, all that stuff going on. Yeah, a lot of good stuff going on. Uh, see. A lot of great season tickets still available. Uh, you know, if you are a current season ticket holder, you can get uh, get renewed. Uh, we have currently have a price freeze right now. Um, prices will be going up June 30th. Just a couple bucks, nothing crazy. But uh, I mean, if you're doing it, you might as well get on it and save the couple extra couple extra dollars. Uh, give one of our ticket reps a call. Get this right this time. Number here four one six five nine six three zero seven five or visit torontorock.com and if you have any questions concerns want to you know dive into what what's available we'd love to uh love to chat and set you up flawless 
flawless this week. <laughs> no cell number given out, no extension given out. It's perfect. I, I, anything, perfect. but it was better than last week. There. Yeah, if you do it again next week, it's a streak. Two in a row. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Alrighty, so that will about wrap things up. Uh, in the meantime, and in between time, for Kyle Davis, I'm Mike Hancock saying that's it. Another edition of Toronto Rock Total Access is over and done with. We will chat next week. Stop the rock, can't stop the rock, can't stop the rock, can't stop the rock, can't stop the rock.